Welcome to the show. It is Trick Tuesday here on Acknowledged Dogs. I am your host, Michael, owner and head trainer of Matador Canine. Every Tuesday, we break down a trick just for you, helping you reach your goals with your dog a lot faster by simplifying those complex behaviors. Let's jump into it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. Let's do the twist and shout. I think I was a little off there. Maybe I was flat. Maybe I was sharp. I don't know. But today we're talking about the twist and the spin, not the twist and the shout. Although last time we did talk about the bark. So you could put this in. You could you could teach the behavior to twist and shout. But I digress. We're teaching our dog how to spin, twist, circle, whatever you want to call it. To the left, round the block, clockwise, counterclockwise. We're going to say twist and spin. Okay. A little easier to have a staple cue in some cases, right? Some people like to come up with things on their own. That's totally fine, right? Teaching my dog to go between my legs, I say bridge. I don't know anybody else that says bridge. I just, I don't know why, but to me, it elicited the thought of bridge. Anyway, again, I digress, man. Whenever I record these early in the morning, I digress so quickly. Spin and twist. Okay, this is where your dog goes from one orientation. We have them turn to their right or to their left, following their hind end for an entire 360-degree rotation. Talk about a scientific explanation of the term spin and twist, right? So there are going to be 850,000 ways to train a dog to do any behavior, but this is how I would do it, and I'll give you two other options. I would use a target. Okay, now this can get tricky because your dog gets excited about targets or whatever. But the first thing we need to do is condition the target. Before you do that, though, you have to condition a reinforcer. So you mark reward, mark reward, mark reward. Even if they already know that, you should always refresh their brain, especially if it's been a while since you've trained, although you should be training every day because you listen to this podcast. You're an avid dog owner, which is great. Good job. So we mark a reward, mark a reward, mark a reward. Our dog is warmed up, their brain is ready, they're ready to go. Now you teach them a target. So let's say we use a target stick. You just got a stick with something on the end. I love using hiking poles because they're adjustable. Okay, super, super simple. I hold the handle that's ergonomically designed for me to hold. And then it's got the nice, I put the the not so sharp end. Clearly, I don't want my dog getting impaled on a hiking stick. So I switch out the bottom for something a little more friendly. You could put a tennis ball on the end. I can't because my dogs love tennis balls and they would just steal it off. <laughs> they would steal it off the hiking pole, which I don't want. But you could use it. So what you're going to do is you're going to hold out the target stick. They're going to look towards it. You're going to mark a reward. Now, sometimes it's better to mark away from the target stick so they have to turn back towards it. Sometimes it's better to mark near the target stick. You're going to have to figure out what works best for your dog. If your dog is constantly getting too close to the stick, but they're just kind of staring at you, toss the treat away. That way they have to turn around and come back towards the stick, and while they're on their way there, if they look, mark a reward. If your dog is next to it and kind of looking at it, but looks away and then looks back, mark, you can just leave it there. That's okay, right? As long as they're acknowledging they need to be looking at the target, 
we're good. That's the end goal. Look at the target stick. Once they're looking at it, you're going to move it slightly far away as they're looking, and they're going to chase after it. Mark and reward. Now we're teaching them to chase after the target stick, not just look at it, not just touch it. It's okay if they don't touch it, in fact. I'm okay with that, as long as they can follow it at this point. Right? Other behaviors, you're going to want to teach them to touch it. But for right now, I just need them to follow this stick around. So you're going to go to the right, you're going to go to the left, you're going to maybe go back, you're going to go forward. Get them really moving and following it. It's going to make it so much easier when you try to lure them in a circle. So now you got them, let's say, following 5 to 10 feet. I know that sounds like a lot, but you always want to train for more than you need. That way it's easier when you get to the next step. It's clearer for the dog, and they have more confidence going into the next behavior. Right? Think about trying to play the piano. If you only know one song, and you go to a friend's house, and you play that one song, sure, you can impress everybody there. But they're going to say, what else can you play? Can you play Piano Man by Billy Joel? Can you play Elton John? Right? Can you play that really sad song from the Titanic that I don't remember the name of right now? And you only have that one song. You got Canon and D. That, that's all you can play. And you can only play the first half. Let's say you can't play the whole thing. I'm actually speaking of <laughs> real life experience here. Yes, I wish I could play the piano a little bit better, but I only got uh, so much time in the world, and I devote it towards other things. I will devote it towards the piano maybe one day. All right, so if I go to a situation where people are like, okay, play the piano, I'm like, sure. And I start making stuff up, sure, it might sound fine. But if I had practiced an exorbitant amount and I knew everything about the piano, even if I didn't know those songs, if I knew how to freestyle, if I knew the scales, even if I just knew the scales, I don't even know how to freestyle. Let's say I just knew the scales and I could play around at that point. They might be convinced that I can play the piano because my knowledge is more than what I was doing. So if your dog has more repetitions, or the criteria is higher for them, before you move to the next step, it makes it so much easier for them. Right? If I know 15 scales, and really I only need to know 5 blue scales, I can switch from a blue scale into a different feeling. Right? Let's say I go to a major scale. Now I've made everything happy instead of all like do 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 Right, I make things a little more jazzy into a little more... I don't know, that still sounded jazzy, but you guys get my point. Right, I have more flexibility. I can do more because I did more prep work. So with your dog, if you do more, if you train more, you can do more, and it makes it so much easier when you go to the next step. So your dog's now following the target for 5 to 10 feet. You're simply going to try to guide them in a circle. I know it sounds silly and super, super simple, but... Right, so whether you go to the right or to the left doesn't matter. Let's go to the left. Right, so your dog is standing in front of you. They're looking at you. You're going to hold the target to their right side, to your left. Okay, They're going to turn their head towards it, mark and reward. You're then going to, instead of having it right next to their head, you're going to put it next to their shoulder. Again, not like next to their shoulder, like touching their shoulder. Maybe a foot away so they have some space. They're going to turn towards that. Good, mark and reward. Reset. Every time you should reset. <clears throat> and you can even mark and reward them in front of you. Like right in front of your knees. That keeps them oriented forward. So they're oriented forward. They lean. They go back towards the target stick. They come back forward to get the treat. Now you've reset them to turn again. 
and turn again. And now, instead of having it next to their shoulder, you're going to put it towards their hind end. So now they really got to go. Now they're just going 180 degrees. Now, once they break past 180 degrees, your mark and reward should continue the circle. Like, they already got momentum going. If they turn back towards you, that's fine. Then instead of being on the their right side, your left side of their hind end, you're going to start there, and as they go, you're going to move the target to where the other side of them would have been. So you're just going to move it like a foot over, so that while they're going, now they have to follow it and keep going. Now mark and reward. So you're not actually marking and rewarding for the whole behavior. You're not marking and rewarding for 360. You're marking for slightly more than 180, because they're going to keep turning. All right, didn't think about it like that. You're like, oh, I got I to get the whole behavior. No, you just got to get 180. But because you've trained for them to follow five feet, 180 is nothing. Hey, guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. And they will start completing the behavior if you wait longer and longer and longer to mark and reward. So instead of 180, now you wait till 190, 200, 250. Then you mark and reward. Now we're really getting close to 360. Let's say we get to 300. There's 60 degrees left. They're just going to look at you at that point. Good, mark and reward. Now they've done the entire 360. Perfect. So you got that on the left. Now I would teach the cue for the left before teaching turning to the right. right. So let's say going to the left will say twist. Twist, good. So how are you going to do it? You're going to make sure, number one, that the dog really knows the behavior and is almost guessing. Not guessing as in they try other behaviors, but they start anticipating what you want them to do whenever the treat comes out, whenever you grab your clicker, whenever you're working on anything, and they start doing twists. That's perfect. That's what we want. They just look at you. They twist a little bit. You go, yeah, good job. When you get that, when they're throwing this behavior at you, which is very, very common with operant conditioning, they start throwing the behavior because there's other stimulus in play besides the target stick telling them what to do. Right? They're going to start doing it because of these other stimulus. Things are telling them to do it that we're just not perceiving. The way you stand, where you stand, the treats that you have. And it's the most recent thing that they've been taught. So that's in the forefront of their brain. Just like a line at a supermarket. No one has to tell you to get online. You just you look at the environment. It tells you, okay, well, I should stand here. Now, if there's something that isn't clear about the supermarket, you don't know where the line starts. Right? Sure, there could be a sign that says, this is where the sign starts. Or you could see people. Or you could see that there's tape on the ground or those rope lines. Whatever it may be. But if there is absolutely nothing, like Costco, there's nothing in Costco 
or BJ's for that matter, to tell me where the line starts. If you have a Costco's or BJ's where they're very good at telling you where the line is, that's great. But none of the ones I have been to in my area are. They just aren't. (laughs) Okay, I could be walking around for a while, and really the only indication is when people start to line up. But I've had people pass me. What, like, I was a, I was maybe at the front of the line, and people just went around me, and they're like, you're not supposed to be online. you got to go to the register. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Apparently, you don't have to stand online and wait for a register to be open at this Costco. Apparently, you just go up to any register and create your own line. Anyway, okay, that was a tangent. If you like Costco, I'm sorry. I like Costco. I like Costco. they got great deals. But <laughs> I don't like their system of lines. <laughs> I just don't. So I digress. Your dog needs something to tell them to start the behavior, especially when they start anticipating the behavior. Now we just got to teach them, okay, I know you know the behavior. How do we teach you to respond to the behavior? Or respond to the cue, rather, to start the behavior. So what you're going to do is in the middle of your training session, and yes, I said in the middle, not when you start, first you get them to do the behavior two, three times. Then you're just going to say the cue. Twist and then get them to do the behavior again. The second they start the behavior, mark and reward. I I love saying this. I just filmed a obedience course. It'll be coming out soon. And I could not tell you how many times I said, mark and reward for the beginning of the behavior. Do not reward for the behavior itself. Which is counterintuitive to many people and what they do. Well, I get a whole behavior, then I'll mark. No, you got to mark and reward for the beginning of the behavior, especially when you're adding in the cue and you're trying to improve latency. Mark and reward for the beginning of the behavior. So, in this case, dog starts to spin. They get 20 degrees. Mark and reward. And they go, oh, cool. Now, you might not get the whole 360 for a little while. That's okay. You're teaching them to respond to the cue, not to do the twist anymore. That will sharpen up later. So now they try again, and they only go to 20. That's no good. We don't want that. But we already said twist. So what do we do? We don't want to just reward them for turning slightly to the side. So you just go back and you put the target stick back behind them so that they can completely turn around. Twist. Now target stick comes out. The thing your dog knows least always comes first. In this case, it's the cue. Your dog doesn't know the cue. It knows the target stick and it knows the behavior twist. So my dog knows the cue least. So I'm going to say the cue. I'm going to say twist. Target stick. Good. Now we finish the cue. And the second they respond, or they start to respond to the cue, mark and reward. You would then, just like we did before, you're going to lengthen the amount of time between the start of the behavior and the mark. So instead of 20 degrees, now they do 50 degrees. Now they do 80 degrees. Now they do 90 degrees. Now they do 180 degrees. Now they do 100 and, what is it, 260 degrees. And then they do the 350. Okay? That's how you respond, or you teach them to respond, to the cue in doing twist, the 360. You would do the exact same thing for spin on the other side. Now let's say... You're like, I've never done a target before. This is a great behavior to start with a target. But let's say you don't want to use the target. You've never done the target. You're confused about using the target. I don't know. Maybe your dog was abused before you got them. Clearly, you're not abusing them because you're listening to this podcast. So that's great. But let's say you got them from a shelter. They were abused and they don't like canes or sticks. And you should condition against that, by the way. But we can go about that in another episode. 
So, what do you do? One, you could use your hand as a target stick. You could lure the dog. What does that look like? Just take a treat in your hand and lure them in a circle. Super, super simple. Anybody could do that. As long as you could reach the other end of your dog. Great Dane might be tough if you're a smaller individual. And a Chihuahua might be difficult if you're very large because you have to bend all the way down there. But as long as you can lure them, you can get a circle. Here's the tricky part. Okay, you can wean a target stick out very easily. How do you do that? You just mark a reward for the response to the cue, and the target stick almost doesn't matter at that point. Okay. So how do how do you do? <laughs> I told you guys I get a little loopy when I record these in the morning. I get all like antsed up and I just go, how do you do? I hope you find it entertaining. So how do you get them to do it when you lure them? Some dogs get distracted from learning by having the treat in their hand. So what we want to do is maybe 10 repetitions, depending on the dog. Maybe 10 repetitions of you luring them with a treat. And you very, very quickly want to lure them without a treat. Right? They're already following your hand. They know that following your hand means they're going to get a treat. Now your hand still smells like a treat. So you lure them without a treat. And then when they get to the front of you, mark and reward, go into your treat pouch and grab a new one. Right? What does this teach them? It's not the reward in their hand. It's their hand themselves. Now, that is a big step for some dogs, not having a treat in the hand and having a treat in the hand. So what you can do is kind of bridge that gap, take a treat in your hand, lure them, lure them, lure them, get them used to that, give them the treat right at the end. Then you grab a treat, lure them, do not give them the treat in your hand, but use your other hand to administer a treat. That's going to teach them that it's not the hand with the treat, but it's the behavior itself. Or it's not the treat in that hand, but it's the hand I should follow. Then we can remove that treat and try it without a treat. So now you're just lowering with your actual hand. Then the same rules apply. Once my dog, right, I could, I could lower them and I don't even get to the 180 and they start doing it by themselves. Perfect. Now it's time to add the cue twist. Now your hand comes out to do it. You mark and reward for the response to the cue. You slowly build a duration or you slowly build the distance in time between the mark and reward and the start of the behavior. That was backwards. Start of the behavior and the mark and reward. And there you go. That's how you get them to respond to twist. It sounds super simple. It also sounds really complicated when you, you, you don't know how to do it. Right? When you don't know what you're doing, it can be complicated. Now, if you like these tricks that we talk about, great. I have some good news for you. If you do not and you never listened to this podcast and you just fell upon it, well, welcome. Welcome to this podcast. We will be having a tricks course. We're going to actually have three tricks courses, three different levels, basic, intermediate, and advanced. And we might do a performer series okay, afterwards. Um, but we will be having that come out in the next few months, so stay tuned for all of that. You guys will know about it as I know about it. <laughs> I'm very transparent here on the podcast, so as I know about things, I will let you know. I will let you know about them. But let me know what tricks you want to see in these courses. I have a jumbo list, but as you know, with anything that I like to do, um, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. So I don't just want like 10 or 15 per course. I want like practically 50. If I, if I could do 50 
per course, 50 for the basic, 50 for the intermediate, 50 for the advanced, and then probably like 150 for the performer. Ooh, that would be perfection. So let me know what behaviors, what tricks that you want to see in every single course. And I will do my absolute very best to make it happen. Thank you for listening today. If you want to show us you're performing the twist or the spin, head over to social media, tag us in any behaviors you teach your dogs. We'll give you some pointers. We'll congratulate you for the effort that you've done. I'd love to see it. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you think family or friends would benefit from what you heard today on Acknowledged Dogs, please share it with them. You can post it on Facebook. We are also on every social media platform, so make sure you tag us, Matador Canine. You can also head over to Matador Canine and schedule a free consultation to talk about coaching and reaching the goals with your dog and those problem behaviors. Reach the goals that you want and have the dog that always listens.